is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. Once again, good morning, everybody. It's Sunday. It's time for another Players Only show. Presented by Point Guard Advisors here on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7. 100.1, a.m. and 14.40 a.m. You can also find us via podcast. Go to ESPNSyracuse.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If you search on Apple or any other podcast site, just look for ESPN Syracuse. I'm Matt Slocum alongside Ryan Story. And, uh, you know, Ryan, before we talk into high school sports, we had amazing, two amazing NFL divisional playoff games. Yeah, we did. Yesterday, um, <clears throat> Bengals upsetting the Titans and uh, the Niners upsetting the Packers. Both number one seeds go down on the same day. Two shockers. It's. It, I wouldn't say it's a shock. I mean, at least in terms of the Niners-Packers, I'm not saying that's a shock. What is a shock is the Bengals upsetting the Titans. Yeah. Because the Bengals making it to the AFC Championship game for the first time since 1988. I mean, that's that's a long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was expecting them, you know, to be in the AFC Championship game at least two years down the road, not this year. Yeah. And that just goes to show you how good Joe Burrow is of a quarterback, even though he was sacked nine times. Yep. Nine times, and yet they still won. That's amazing in of itself. I just wanted to get that off my chest because, you know, a lot of people are going to be focusing on the Kansas City Bills game tonight because whoever wins that one will host the Bengals in the AFC Championship game the following Sunday, 3.05 on CBS. Go Bills. I'm just saying that right now. Go Bills. That being said, let's talk now about high school sports because that's what we're here about. I mean, we could talk NFL all day, but that would take up the whole hour. Yep. So <laughs> let's get to high school sports now. Um, we first start off, and speaking of Shockers, we start off with a game that took place this past Tuesday um, between Liverpool and West Genesee, the Warriors hosting the Wildcats. And West Jenny suffers their first loss of the season. Uh, on Tuesday, they would rebound and win later in the week. But you look at this game, you know, Liverpool's not bad of a team either. You look at what um, this game has done uh, during this game, Liverpool ends up winning 84-72, an 8-point, an 12-point uh, victory. Uh, and in the fourth quarter, West Jenny outscored him 30-27, to but by then it was too little too late. And you look, at, <laughs> you look at the stats from this game. On the losing effort, we start with West Jenny. Christian Kane, 27 points. He's a beast. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, 12 shots made from the field, no three-pointers, and three free throws for, 20, for those 27 points. That's not too shabby at all. He was getting it done inside, but again, too little too late. Uh, Jaden McNeil had 11, but nobody else had over 10. Jordan Kane and Christian Amika each had 8 points, uh, and James Tully had 6. Gary McLean, Gray Mel had 5 apiece, and Carrick Albright had 2 for the Wildcats. For the Warriors, Liverpool had 4 in double figures. 
Andre Ash, 26 points, 12 free throws. Yeah. 12 points came at the charity stripe. Bruce Wingate added 16. Jacob Trombley and Jacob Works. The Jacobians had 14 points apiece uh, to round out the double figures in scoring. And then Jador Reese had six. Shantez Anderson, four. Jaden Reynolds and Jake Soccer each with two to round out the scoring there. 84-72 again, the final. Not bad. Um, I mean, if if you had to suffer your first loss of the season, it had to have been a good opponent against Liverpool if you're West Jenny, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, Liverpool, they started off the season a little slow, and it wasn't even just that they lost a lot because they only lost to West Genesee early in the year, but a lot of their wins early on were very close. Uh, we saw they only beat Rochester East by seven, University Prep by five, just a bunch of really close games there. And then they really were able to turn the season around, and they've started getting commanding victories against teams like CNS, uh, just really good teams. And we see the sophomore, Andreo Ash, he's really stepped up 26 in this past game. He's good at getting to the free throw line, as well as they got senior Jacob Works. He dominated against CNS. I believe he had over 30 points in that game. So... Liverpool's a, definitely a team that it's okay for West Jenny to lose to because it's not like it was an embarrassing loss in any aspect. And then switching back over to West Genesee, Christian Kane is just insane. That Their whole strength comes from their speed. Christian Kane, you've got uh, Christian Amika, uh, Jordan Kane. All those guys are really good at just uh, bothering the opposing ball handlers, getting those fast break opportunities. And... Uh, they're another team that they beat CNS in their comeback victory. Or they, After losing to Liverpool this past Friday, they beat CNS in their mm. bounce-back victory. And in that game, Christian Kane also had 20 points again. Carrick Albright, Albright had a nice scoring output. So West Genesee is definitely a team that can... They, they've played the best out of any double-A team so far this season. Mm -hmm. So it's a team to keep your eye out on for... They can definitely win the sectionals for double A. Yeah, and we're we're getting close to the tail end of the season. I mean, West Jenny only has five games left on the docket. They'll go on the road now for their next three games. They're going to Corcoran, Beeville, and Henniger all within the next couple weeks. And, you know, they'll close out. At their last game at home will be against FM uh, February 8th and then at Nottingham to close out the year February 11th. You know, again, and you talked about bounce back. They did beat. CNS 67-49 on Friday. And, um, you know, again, these two teams, West Genesee and Liverpool, these are the two teams, again, as you said, two teams you want to keep an eye on in the Class AA playoffs that are coming up. Yeah. And, again, I've I've seen West Jenny play. And West Jenny is a, is a really, they have a free-flowing offense. And, and they like to... They don't like to spread it around. I mean, they they spread it around, but it always goes through one target, Christian uh, Kane. Christian yeah. Kane, and you know, but in in Liverpool, you again two teams that could score points. I mean, it you know what more do you want out of high school basketball than these two teams scoring points? And again, these two teams. Uh, again, I think are really the top two favorites to win the Class AA. Definitely. 
Definitely. I think this year. Only lost to each other. They've only lost to each other. And, you know, um, you know, in the first meeting was a seven point win for West Jenny. This second meeting was a twelve point win for Liverpool. Both won on their home courts. Um it it'll be kind of interesting to see how they do on a neutral site. I mean, I Definitely. really hope uh, unless some other team in double A really comes up and shocks everybody and and you know takes the top spot in, in double A, which I don't really think will happen. But let's just say it does. I really hope these two teams don't meet in the early rounds. Mm-hmm. I think it would be disappointing in in so many aspects because this is a game that you want to see play on a neutral court with a sectional title on the line and a trip to the state tournament in the balance. Yeah. That's what I want to see. It'd be kind of disappointing if that didn't happen. So let's go on to another game uh, worth keeping an eye on. FM against Christian Brothers Academy. Your school, Ryan. And that game took overtime to complete, and FM came out the winners in that one, 72-68, the final there, uh, with FM outscoring them 19-15 in the overtime period uh, to win by four. And you you look at FM's stats, uh, two players in double figures. Trevor Rowe, 28 points, including five shots from three. That's not bad. 15 points from three. That's impressive in of itself. Luke Davidson had added 16. Uh, Samuel Dunn and Patrick Emery each chipped in with nine points, and Maxwell Danaher added eight uh, for the Hornets. For CBA, Dan Anderson, our good buddy, 25 points. Braden Burns, 16 points. Amari Pitts, another good friend, added eight points. Joe Nicholson at nine uh, for the brothers uh, to lead the way there. Uh, And again, this is a game. uh, It took overtime to complete. And, you know, that's what we want. Mm -hmm. You know, as as we're getting close to the end of the season, these games become more important, more and more important, not just for, you know, stacking up your win loss record, but in terms of playoff seeding. These games are important. Yeah, and for CBA here, it was a tough loss, their first Section 3 loss uh, this season. And I think the key for CBA not winning this game was Ty Brochart, their center. He only had four points due to being in foul trouble most of the game and fouled out in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. So they really lost their advantage in terms of physicality on the interior, which I think put them ahead of FM throughout most of the game. And... uh, Again, Dan Anderson played amazing. He had an incredible off-balance three-pointer to send the game into overtime, uh, led a slight comeback there at the end of the fourth, and he tried to keep them in it in the in overtime, but it just wasn't enough. Brandon Burns had some nice finishes around the rim, and Joe Nicholson, he's the sharp, he's the real sharpshooter for CBA, and he hit three threes, uh, along with playing great defense on Luke Davidson of FM. And Davidson, he didn't have his best game of the season. He, he finished with 16, so he had a solid output, but 11 mm-hmm. of those came in the fourth quarter when Nicholson had to sit on the bench uh, to keep him out of foul trouble. And um, this game was really determined by the fouls. Mm-hmm. We saw Max Danaher of FM struggle with that. He That's why he didn't have much of a scoring output. He's led the team in assists throughout the season, but he wasn't able to do much in this game because... Uh, he got two quick fouls early in the first. And then Trevor Rowe, 
he played fantastic. He hit two threes right in a row at the start of that overtime period, and that got the FM student section going. It was just an incredible atmosphere right there. Uh, both student sections showed up. And I, actually, Trevor Rowe just received his first D1 offer from Radford University this past week. Mm. So Rowe is going to be a player to keep your eye on, especially he's only a junior right now. Once he's a senior next year, he could be the best player in Section 3 basketball next season. And that's And, and that's no joke. Um, and you look at the rest of the schedule for CBA. Um, they'll have another Section 3 game against Institute of Technology Central. That's coming up uh, later this week. Then on next Sunday, a week from today, they're on the road at Aquinas Institute. I mean, I don't know about you. That's going to be a tough one uh, on the road there. Then they'll have three in a row at home, West Hill, Bishop Ludden, and then CBA Albany on the 5th. Then they're at Bishop Grimes and then home against Syracuse Academy of Science to close it out. This is going to be a tough stretch for it the is, brothers. This it, is going to determine their season. It, it I, I wouldn't say determine their season because again, you you throw in a couple of non-conference games. Yeah. yeah, it'll it might sting if you lose those. But in the games that you got coming up against section three opponents, you have to be in Institute of Technology Central. You have to beat Westall. Have to beat Ludden. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say you have to beat Grimes, but getting a win over Bishop Grimes that would help too. Syracuse Academy Science, you have to beat as well. The Section 3 games are the most important ones right now. Forget forget the non-league ones. The Section 3 games are the most important. Because mm-hmm. if you don't win those, your chances for seeding go mm, down, the, down the drain a little bit. Yeah. So those are the games that you really got to pay attention to. Again, get the non-league games because that'll help in the state tournament, assuming you win the Section 3 title. But you have to win the Section 3 title before you get to the states. That's the big thing. Mm-hmm. Finally, real quick, we'll talk Skating Atlas Weedsport uh, on the boys' basketball side. Skating Atlas winning 59-44 for Skating Atlas. Uh, Colin Gaglione had 17 points. Uh, Jude Pascal had 10, along with Colin Sweet added 11 for the Lakers there. For Weedsport, 13 points for Jack Lowry, and nobody else got above 10. Ryan Adams had 8, as well as Andrew Seward. Uh, Landon Keppel added seven. <clears throat> this was a game that, you know, essentially both teams were good. Both teams yeah. only had one loss on the schedule coming in. And again, Skating Atlas just proved to be a winning team. Probably expected a little bit more from Weedsport out of this one, I think. Yeah, Skating Atlas dominated the third quarter, winning that one by 10, and that was the difference maker mm-hmm. in this game. Uh, for Skinny Atlas, they... Colin Gaglione, he's their best player, 17 points. And Jude Pascal, he's their sharp, he's another sharpshooter, but he, he's an overall star. He's second on the team in scoring. He he hits two threes a game, and they're both him and Gaglione are averaging over 15 points a game. Their only loss was to Marcellus. They're on a 10-game win streak right now. Mm-hmm. So that's a team to keep your eye on. As well as Weed Sport, their X factor is Landon Keppel, their senior guard. When he's hot, it's tough for them to lose. Wasn't hot tonight. They lost their six-game win streak, and it's just gonna it's gonna be a testament to see how they bounce back in this next game. Yeah, I agree. And you know, again, as I said, I expected a little bit more out of Weedsport in this one, but Skinny Alice is just way too good. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's tough to, to lose by fifteen. I don't count Weedsport out. I think Weedsport's got a really good program. I think they'll make a huge bounce back. Um, they'll recover from this loss and. Um, you know, and they'll be seated pretty high in the Section 3 tournament, assuming that they go to it, of course, uh, with the open playoff fields and everything. 
and schools given the chance to opt out if they decide it's not worth the risk with COVID. But as far as I heard, cases are going down. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a good thing. So we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk boys ice hockey. Another thing that Skinny Atlas is pretty good at. We'll talk more about that here on Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors here on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7 and 100.1. It's Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. And welcome back to Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors here on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7, 100.1. And let's talk boys ice hockey now. Let's go from the court to the ice. And we start with a good one. JD CBA taking on uh, New Hartford in a, a pretty good battle. And CBA GD wins this one 4-1 over New Hartford. And uh, in this game, James Stan had two goals. On the night, Quinn Weimer added a goal and assist, and Seamus Nicholson with a goal as well. Logan McDougall, Nate Vault, Joe Dodderer, and Finn Wheeler each added an assist as well, along with Gavin Parks and Will Charlo. So, good job distributing the puck. For New Hartford, the only goal came from Sean Albright. He had a, he had the lone goal. Will Gall and Anthony Favo assisted on that. Um, CBA's goalie, by the way, uh, Ben Lovell. 25 saves off 26 shots, which I think is really impressive. And when you look at the save percentage, that's 96%. 96% save percentage in that one. Uh, for Michael Vetter for New Hartford, he had 19 saves on 23 shots, a save percentage of 83%. So that being said, this was a good game all around for CBAJD. They improved their record to 7-5-1. and one. Uh and again, with an open playoff field, anything can happen. Could CBAGD make some noise? I definitely think they could. This game especially showed how their youth uh, plays a big role in their success. Uh, James Stanton, two goals, Quinn Weimer, a goal and an assist. Uh, they're both sophomores. So, And we also see Ben Lavelle coming off of the bench for the injured Joe Salvador. Joe Sal is one of the best goalies in Section 3, and... Lavelle has played a solid role coming off of the bench. He didn't have a great game against Skinny Atlas, but, I mean, who would? Skinny Atlas is just so good. But uh, against this one, only allowed one goal, and that was in the first period. And he's played great. He's also a sophomore. So uh, you look at their best players. They've got Finn Wheeler, five goals on the season with 16 assists, as well as Joe Dodder, four goals, two assists. Those are the best players, but CBA's got a nice core uh, just for that entire team. And then... Oh, yeah. Um, New Hartford, they've also got Christian Smith and Caden Kramer. Those are two really good players for them as well. Yeah, and again, with an open playoff field, anything can happen. But, you know, again, looking at CBA's record, they're 7-5-1 in the year. Their lone tie came against New Hartford in their first meeting. Uh, 1-1 tie there, and then, you know, they beat them 4-1 on the road. That's not an easy thing to do. Um, They played Skinny Atlas twice. The first one was close, a 2-1 game there back in December, and then in the rematch, 7-0 shutout. <clears throat> and again, we all know how good Skinny Atlas is. That being said, though, you look at CBA GD, in the games they got coming up, they got four left, Whitesboro, Cicero, North Syracuse at home, two games that they should win, at Ithaca on the road, that's going to be a tough one, and then Cortland Homer uh, to close out the season at home. 
three out of your last four are at home, I'd watch out for this team. I, I think yeah. they could really make some noise if if they win, if they win three out of their last four. Because I don't think they'll beat Ithaca on the road. If they win three on out of their last four, that puts them at ten six and one on the year. I'll take that, and and that's a really good team, and it's a team you want to keep an eye out for, uh, in the playoffs later on. Speaking of the Skinny Atlas Lakers, uh, they shut out Auburn last night three nothing. All three goals came in the first period. Uh, Garrett Krieger uh, had a goal and two assists on the night. Jack Torrey added a goal. Luke Renaud, uh, we talked with him on the show last week. He had a goal and an assist as well. Henry Major had no goals and an assist. Uh, Jackson Sidall for Auburn's goalie faced 51 shots and saved 48 of them. That's not bad. Uh, and it, But what I don't get is Chad Lowe, uh, for Skinny Atlas, only facing 10 shots, making 10 saves. I don't think Auburn put t- just 10 shots. Now, if it was 10 shots on goal, that I can believe. But 10 shots total, no. I think there was a, a little bit more than that. Um, but that being said, um, that's just how good Skinny Atlas is. And Skinny Atlas is going to be the dominant team in Division II. Um, tough to beat. Um can we just can we just crown them Division Two champions now, or is there somebody Seems else like it? I mean, <laughs> is there somebody else in D two? Cortland Homer's good, but they're not on Skinny Atlas yeah. level. Yeah, I, I expect those two probably to make it to the Division Two uh, final, but uh, at least on the section side. But uh, you know, again, I I'd still think it's Skinny Atlas. I mean, yeah. there's just not a team better. Than yeah, them. what what more can I say? I mean, you know, I, again, there's still plenty of hockey left. I mean, Skinny Atlas. On the season, again, the, their lone loss came out of out of Section Three against Pelham, five to three. They got their next four games on the road, but they're all winnable. I mean, New Hartford on the road, Clinton at Whitesboro, at Oswego, and then they close out a home against Oswego. I mean, what more can I say? That's how good this team is. Yeah, I mean, you look at they've got the star players: Krieger, Renaud. Uh, Chad Lowe, but they've also got some players, two players who I see who haven't been talked about nearly enough. Sophomores Carter Corbett and Jack Torrey. Torrey scored, scored in this game. Uh, he has four goals, 10 assists on the season. Corbett also has six goals and 10 assists. Uh, those are two players who I think for any day of the week, they can step up for the Skinny Atlas team. And then, yeah, just Auburn also has a great team and they only lost by three, which is better than most teams can do. We saw how CBAJD lost by more than that, and a bunch of teams have just gotten dominated by Skinny Atlas. While Auburn may not have scored, uh, they did shut out Skinny Atlas in the second two periods after losing the first. And Auburn's led by Christian Testa, Jack Pinnock, two really good players. We see Testa as 10-9 and nine on the season. But uh, just overall for this game, I think that Auburn showed fight, but Skinny Atlas was just too good. Yeah, and... Looking at uh, the state rankings right now, this is as of January 20th. Skinny Alice is number two in the state in Division Two. Yep. Portland Homer at number seven. I expect those two teams probably to make it to the Section 3 Division Two final. And um, I, don't, I don't think Section 3 gets an alternate for the state tournament this year. I don't think they do. Uh, on the D1 side, West Jenny is at number four. Beeville, number five in the state. Hello. Casanova, seven. And Syracuse, Ninth, mm-hmm. wow, um, a lot of good teams in Division One. 
But again, if you're looking at Division Two, that's all skating atlas. Finally, our last look, Beeville. Speaking of Beeville, they took on Cicero North Syracuse in boys' ice hockey, uh, and they won this one 6-4. to four. Again, no stats to look at for, for this one. This game took place on Friday. Um, but again, Beeville winning 6-4. Uh, again, as I mentioned, one of the top 10 teams in the state. You know, I, I think the Division One Section 3 playoffs is going to be a fun one. It really is. Yeah, I mean, Baldwinsville is a team that they just came on as of late. Mm-hmm. They weren't expected to be one of the dominant teams in the preseason, I would say. But just the last two games they just played, they beat CNS. CNS is a solid team, although the record hasn't been showing it so far this year. They've lost five of the last six. But Baldwinsville, they just beat a top 10 team in the state in Casanova yesterday. Mm-hmm. So that's two teams in a row that they beat back-to-back days. Matt Carner, Sam Chiappa, John Shermer, three really good players right there. Mm-hmm. So this, the Bees, they're a team that you've got to be scared of if you're playing them in the sectionals. Oh, yeah. And, you know, if, if it was anything like uh, the Section 3 playoffs that took place uh, back in 2020, um, I, I've seen I've seen Beeville's home rink. I've seen them play. They're a pretty good team. Yeah. And, you know, and they're having one of the best seasons they've ever had. They're now eleven one one overall, and you look at their the, look at their schedule the rest of the way. I mean, they still got six games to play. Their 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 next four are on the road. In fact, five out of their last six are on the road. They'll take on Liverpool. They'll take on Fairport. They'll take on Mohawk Valley. They'll take on Whitesboro. All four of those teams on the road. They'll close out on the road at Ithaca. A non league game there. The big game you want to keep an eye on February eighth at home against Syracuse. That's those be a good those one. two teams. Hello, uh, that should be a fun one. Uh, Baldwinsville's hosting that one. I actually have that game circled on my calendar. Part of me wants to go see it, um, so that's something to keep an eye on uh, as well. But then again, that's an eight o'clock faceoff. Hello, I don't know why would you have eight o'clock faceoffs. To me, that makes no sense. That's only good for Mm -hmm. the NHL. I'm sorry. We'll take a break. When we come back, we will talk with, as soon as I pull it up here, Jake Daly of Baldwinsville. (laughs) Thanks again for the save. Jeez. Jake Daly from Beeville Soccer. He will come and join us here on Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors here on ESPN Radio Syracuse 97.7-100.1. This is Players Only. A show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. And we're back here on Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors here on ESPN Radio Syracuse, 97.7, 100.1. And now we're talking with Jake Daly from Baldwinsville Soccer. Welcome to the show, Jake. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right. So let's 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 talk about soccer here for a minute as we um you know, again, soccer is obviously a fall sport. Mm-hmm. Um how did how did you feel you do you did uh this past fall uh for Bowensville this year? Um this past fall is a bit of a difficult and interesting uh year after last year. Um we fell short in the semis against Nottingham, which was a game we are unexpected to lose in. Um, we did win against RFA. That was a fantastic game. That was one of the best games we played all year. Um, other than that, I mean, it was a pretty great season. I mean, we were 12, four and two, I believe. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, other than that, I mean, I just loved it. Um, it was the best four years I've had. Yeah, and we saw how uh, the year before, obviously, you weren't able to uh, play in the sectionals because of COVID. Yep. But the last season before that one, you guys actually went on to win sectionals. Uh, what was the experience of being on that team like? You didn't lose a single game the entire year. Oh, no, that was a great year. That was one of the best years of soccer I've ever had. Um, got a great group of guys. Um, the feeling of winning sectional championships like on anything else, I mean, it's just great. You know, and let's let's now talk about uh, the recruiting process here because we're getting close to the time where uh, high school seniors sign letters of intent to play at various schools. You're heading to Hartwick uh, uh, to play soccer. How was the recruitment process there? Did you have any other offers beside Hartwick? Uh, yeah, I had other options. Um, Merrimack College is one. It's in uh, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Um, the recruitment process, like this last year and a half, two years, has been difficult for everyone uh, with COVID. I mean, like limited restrictions with talking to people, um, going to campuses, all of that. It was difficult, but um, I chose Hartwick. just felt right. Mm-hmm. immediate connection with the coaches and it, it's just a beautiful school mm-hmm. yeah and when it came to like finding the right college was it more about you approaching them or them approaching you um i actually approached them in the beginning um then they came out to watch me at a game this past fall um they liked me like what mm-hmm. they saw and um that made me feel even better about my decision yeah you know and i'm just looking at um uh, again, ended up losing uh, this past season, losing in the in the double A sectional uh, semis. I guess a, a good Nottingham team. I mean, lost to them one nothing. Um, you know, I, again, out of the out of the teams you played this year and throughout your four years, w- which school always gave you the toughest one? Uh, uh, FM uh, definitely. Game? FM FM definitely every year. Yeah, I think FM ended up winning the title. Yeah, they won sectionals. Correctly. They won um, regionals, and they went on the state semifinals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, FM was just a really good opponent. They were great this year. So, yeah. And then our listeners all know that you're a great soccer player. Obviously, you're going to college to play soccer. But how did you get to that level of skills or how much behind-the-scenes work led to that point for you to be so successful? Um, Lots of hours just, you know, putting work in my basement, um, lifting, just, just playing the game, you know, watching games on TV, all of that. I mean, you just got to work hard and you got to just do it all on your own. Yeah. Now, when you say watching games on TV, uh, do you watch like the Premier League, Major League Soccer? Premier any, League, any Major League teams? Soccer. I mean, anything. It's, uh, it's like anything. Okay, any anything per- I can find. Any particular team you follow? Oh, uh, Manchester United. Of that's, course you do. That's been my that's been my day <laughs> one. <laughs> I'm a big Man U fan myself as well. I mean, you know, I mean, I always get up. Uh, you know, I try to get up every morning and watch the Premier League uh, as best as I can, and hopefully, you know, hopefully, Man U's on. Um, but uh, outside of uh, outside of Manchester United, uh, any other teams you follow? Um, no, I mean that's just my loyal club. So <laughs> <laughs> you're a good man, Jake. You're a good man. <laughs> Are there any players uh in that top level where you think you're similar to in terms of play style, where you have similar strengths and stuff like that? Yeah. So um, there's this one player he plays for Arsenal. His name is Emil Smith Rowe. I mean, I feel like that's my like identical play like i mean he's even like kind of built like me which is kind of funny mm-hmm. so i find it to be funny so i i take it you're planning on watching the world cup that's coming up later this yeah. year in november um give us a I, I don't know if you do any research on this at all um but 
if if you were to pick one country to win the World Cup this year in Qatar in November, who's it going to be and why? France. France. So, the reason okay. being, well, last World Cup win. That has no effect on my decision for that, though. Um, the only reason being is there's just so much talent on that team. Like you got Kylian Mbappe, um, this uh, center back, um, Kimbembe, all these type of guys that are like world class players. And I mean, there's other guys. Name is uh, Benzema. He's a forward for them. Ah, uh, yeah, Benzema had a great year for Real Madrid this past mm-hmm. year. So I want to see what he can do this year. Yeah, and a little bit more about you personally. Uh, you're going to the next level. What goals do you have for yourself playing up there with uh, other college athletes? What goals do you have for yourself? Um, my goals are, you know, just have a, a good four years in college, um, set the tone for myself. Um, Hartwick, the last year, they haven't had a very good season. Um, I kind of want to turn that around, try to get us in the national tournament, and uh, yeah. So l- let's close off here with a little bit of uh, some uh, quick fire questions here so first thing that pops in your head i mean we sort of covered a little bit of that already um but favorite pregame ritual just listening to some good music okay any particular good music that you listen to a little baby nice yeah i'm an old guy so i have no idea what that (laughs) is um and i'm and i'm 29 years old thank you very much um uh favorite color pink Hot pink. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Any any particular reason why or just? Um, when I was younger, I mean, it, it just like, I don't know. It just kind of stood out to me, and I just stuck with it. Okay. Yeah. Now, now I got another question to add on to that. Okay. During October, because October is, is is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, do you wear pink or pink wrist tape? Good. Yeah. <laughs> good man. Supporting a good cause, and that's you know, yeah. hey, it, it you know. I it I don't like those shirts that say only a true man wears pink. You can wear <laughs> pink any single day of the week. Yeah. I mean, come on. Um, favorite pregame meal if you have one? Um, pasta or oatmeal. One of the two. They're fast mm-hmm. digesting carbs. Any any particular kind of pasta? No, just plain pasta. With just plain sauce. pasta. Yeah. <laughs> Simple guy. Eh. <laughs> eh. Um, let's see. Uh, favorite school subject. Probably history. History? Yeah. Any particular kind of history or just history no, in just general? No, just history in general. History in general. Interesting. Yeah. Nice. Um, let's see what else. Um, favorite sport outside soccer? Um, hockey and basketball are definitely my two favorite sports to watch. Uh, I've never played hockey. I played basketball for a brief period of time when I was younger, but um, they're just interesting to watch to me. Favorite basketball team? Um, well, college-wise, obviously, Syracuse. Um, of course. Go Orange. <laughs> Go Orange. And then uh, NBA has to be the Knicks just because of New York. Okay, favorite Nick player if you have one? I don't have one. You don't have one? No, I don't. Mm. Uh, favorite hockey team? Hockey team um, has to be the Rangers or the Sabres. I mean, I'm between the two. I, don't, I pity I'm not really you. I'm not a fan <laughs> either. <laughs> I pity you. I was their spin myself. <laughs> um, Sabres. Ugh. Um... Favorite Rangers or Sabres player, if you have one? No, I have one. I just mm. kind of watch the sport. Okay. Yeah, that's the Fair best enough. way to watch it. Yeah. No allegiances, just watch the good games. Okay. Yep. How shocked were you? Uh, I, did you watch any of the divisional playoffs yesterday? I did. Okay. Which one shocked you the more? I mean, I like just kind of briefly watched them, but, I mean, I watched the uh, the football games you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah football. Oh, I watched the, um, what was it, the Bengals one. That mm-hmm. was, that was uh, wild. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. That was, that was interesting. Mm-hmm. 
Um, okay. That being said, all right, so we have to we have to ask this. Bills Chiefs tonight. Who do you got? Got the Bills. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Go Bills. Um, and then in the other one, Rams Bucks. Who do you got? Bucks. Good picks because of Brady. Partially. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> you know, I I you know against all odds, I picked I picked the Bucks to win too. I mean, mostly because of Brady. I mean, yeah. you know, you know he's got you know two receivers is out, but you know, if anything goes to show, I mean, they beat the heck out of a lowly Eagles team in the wild card round. So, I go with the Bucks too. Um, and also they're playing at home. Yeah. But uh, Jake Daly. Thank you so much for coming no on problem. the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah uh, hopefully you. we'll talk again soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. That'll be fun. Uh, if we don't, good luck in your college adventure. Thank you very sure. much. Yeah. When we come back, we will wrap up our players only show presented by Point Guard Advisors here on ESPN Radio Circus 97.7 and 100.1. This is Players Only, a show about high school sports from high school students. Presented by Point Guard Advisors. Find them at pointguardadvisors.com. And welcome back to Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors here on ESPN Radio Circus 97.7 and 100.1. And let's wrap up this one by talking a little bit about girls basketball. We start off uh, with a great matchup, Onondaga versus Fabius Pompey. Uh, Fabius Pompey not having a good year. 3-9 overall. I mean, Onondaga... Uh, is four five and uh five and eight now uh after the Tigers beat Fabius Pompey 35-34, a low scoring affair throughout. But uh Riley Cox had twenty four points for Onondaga in the win, plus twenty rebounds. Yeah. Darn that was pretty good. Twenty four points, twenty rebounds again. Uh Ja'Kiah Hill added seven. Uh Desire Glover added four. Only three players scored for Onondaga. Wow. In that one. Um, for Fabius Pompey, uh, Jamie Ratliff had 16 points, uh, and Carlina Wallace added 12. So again, these two teams aren't doing too well, both below 500, but again, with open playoff fields, anything can happen. That being said, a low scoring affair. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, what a great effort though, by Riley Cox, 24 points, 20 rebounds. Yeah, and she actually uh, surpassed the 1,000-point mark in this game. With that one. So, yeah, so, yeah. as a senior, she's one of the better players in uh, Section 3 ba- uh, girls basketball. Mm-hmm. And Onondaga is a team where the, uh, in the Section 3 uh, semifinal or uh, the Section 3 tournament, I could definitely see them pulling off some upsets. They're not going to be favored due to their 5-8 and eight record. But unlike Fabius Pompey, where I couldn't see Fabius Pompey actually scaring any teams with their 0-5 uh, interleague record and just a really small roster right now. They've got the players, but just not enough depth there. So I couldn't see Fabius Pompey getting any upsets, but Onondaga is a team where they could really just any game, any game of the night, uh, they can upset you. They were on a five-game losing streak going into this one, but that's not indicative of their team at all. Riley Cox, again, amazing player. Jukaya Hill, also very good, and uh, Shea Baggett over 10 points a game on the season. So uh, it's Anatak is a very nice team. Not a team that's going to be favored, but just a nice overall team. Mm-hmm. So now let's move gears here to uh, Bishop Ludden versus Bishop Grimes. Um, 
<laughs> another tight game. Uh, and it came down to, um, you know, the last uh, 4.8 seconds, I believe it was, uh, in this game. Uh, we actually have uh, the game audio for you here. Uh, and I just want to share this with you, and I'll explain a little bit more of what's going on since, again, there's no commentary uh, associated with this video. But this is what happened. Uh, I'll set this up. Bishop Ludden had free throws uh, and a chance to, uh, at, I mean, they had the lead. They had a chance to put it away. They're up 50-48. to 48. Again, with 4.8 seconds, they're at the free throw line, and this is what happened. And the audio is probably not playing right now, but they have the ball. Uh, missed free throw, and then the freshman hits the Elizabeth ball, and the freshman half nails it at the horn uh, to win it. Uh, 51-50 for uh, Bishop Ludden. Uh, over Bishop Grimes. And we go back to the stats here on this one. Goggin had 10 points, including that three-pointer from half court uh, to win it. Uh, Caitlin Kibling added tw uh, had 12, and Amara Strafe leading all scores with 24. Uh, for Grimes, Rosalie Vincent had 14, Jenna Sloan 13, Nywell Ayel had also had 13. A great game throughout, and it and and it has a buzzer yeah. beater at the horn. And you look at Amara Strife, she's been fantastic this season. She had 24, which most people would say, oh, wow, that must have been one of her best games of the season. That's her average this year. That's how good she's been playing. She's beaten, just single-handedly beaten some really good teams for Ludden, a team that's only dropped two games on the season, 4-0 in the OHSL. And Grimes is also another really solid team. Rosalie Vincent, Jenna Sloan, Nawal Ayil, uh, those are the really good players of the core. They're all averaging in double digits on the season, but they've also got some key pieces around that core. Altea Simmons, Natalie Mussolino. Those are some really good players where Grimes has five guys, five girls who can really just give you 10 points a game whenever you need that. And so I think Grimes has the ability to really make a run here, but Ludden, again, when it, they were expected to win the game and it looked like they were going to lose right there. But yeah. Elizabeth Gahan prevented that. And um, just overall, great game by both teams here. And finally, let's close out with a double overtime thriller, a non-conference affair, or I should say non-section affair, between Pittsburgh Menden and Cicero North Syracuse. It took double overtime to finish this off. Pittsburgh Menden winning 52-48 to <clears throat> in double overtime. No stats for Pittsburgh, but you look at Cicero North Syracuse in a losing effort. Alexa Kulikowski had 23 points. Sydney Neshi added, added 13. Uh, nobody else got over 10. Alita Carey Santagello had five points, uh, the highest out of the remaining scores uh, for the North Stars. But again, a very tight game. C uh, CNS is 8 3 now overall, 7 0 unbeaten in the SCAC, and a good non conference, a, a, a good non section game against Pittsburgh Menden. And again, it took double overtime to finish. Yeah, I mean, Alexa Kulikowski has been fantastic this entire season. In the game, she had, what, 23 points mm -hmm. along with four three-pointers. Uh, the difference maker in this game, I think, was Alita Carey Santangelo only having five points. Uh, she's been the second-best player on the season, adding or 
she's had over 13 points per game on the season. And so her not having her best game was the difference maker. Although Sydney Neshi did step up with 13 points of her own. And, I mean, CNS, undefeated in the SCAC. They've only lost one Section 3 game, and that was to Ludden, who we just talked about. So they're a team where they could go far. Men- Pittsford Menden is a great team. They're 6-1 and one in their own division. So um, I could definitely see CNS uh, competing with the best teams of the AA Section 3 girls. So we got a little bit of time left here, Ryan. Uh, again, we got uh, the remaining divisional playoffs today. Again, two teams, Rams against the Bucks, and of course, Bills against the Chiefs. Um, Bucks, Rams, who do you got? Um, I actually see the Rams winning this one. Really? Uh, I get Tom Brady is that <clears throat> guy, mm-hmm. but... The Rams right now have a better all-around roster, mm-hmm. and especially with some of the recent injuries that the Bucks' offensive line has sustained, I see the Rams pulling this one out. Okay. That being said, Bills, Chiefs, 6.30 tonight on CBS. I'm rooting got? for the Bills, but the Chiefs are going to win this oh, game. Oh, no! The Chiefs are just too good. They've been too on oh. fire recently, and the Bills aren't going to pull this one out, but I'm rooting for Josh Allen here. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, for me personally, I I think the Bucks are gonna pull this one off. I they got Brady. I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, I <clears> see when it. when it when in doubt, go with the team with with Brady. Um, Every even though again, again, his offensive line is gonna struggle today, as you mentioned with all the injuries they've got. I think Brady could still pull this off. Yeah, every game this weekend has been a complete toss-up. Yeah, it's no team has been favored by more than no than no five lead, points. no lead is safe. Yeah, no lead is safe. Um, for the Bills, Chiefs tonight, it's got to be the Bills. Yeah, it has yeah. to be. This is their year. Allen, Diggs, Singletary, uh, number one defense in the NFL. Enough said. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes' reign uh, in dominating the AFC is going. Down tonight in KC. Yep, that'll make Brent Axe happy. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll do it. Uh, we'll talk again next week here on Players Only, presented by Point Guard Advisors and ESPN Radio Syracuse, ninety-seven point seven and one hundred point one.